0: New Hope uh, with New Hope Community Care and in the Youth and Young Adults Ministries um, and I'm excited to be sharing with you tonight um, and I'm expecting that God will be speaking and encouraging um, and refining us as we read his word together. Um, let me pray to start. Yeah, Father God, may, may those things be true tonight. May you be speaking, encouraging, refining have mercy on us, Lord, give us soft hearts, show us new things, remind us of truths we already know that we've forgotten or let go of. Have your way here tonight, may we leave more full of love and peace and truth and grace than how we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. All over the world this week, followers of Jesus experienced the trials of life. From broken bones to broken hearts, you name it, someone following Jesus is going through it. I'm not talking about the odd incident or something out of the ordinary either. I'm not talking about an irregular occurrence um, through the span of history. I'm talking this week, today even. It seems that trouble in this life is an unavoidable reality. But somehow, at the same time, all over the world, Christians boldly brazenly claim that we are safe in God's hands. What? (laughs) What do we mean? Is it meaningless? Are we completely delusional? Um, Are there exceptions or parameters to the claim? Do we mean only sometimes or only some places or only some people? Because those two ideas don't seem to match up. How can we be safe in the hands of God and still experience pain and hardship and all the rest of it? Are we claiming something that God never promised to us? Um, Well, no, I don't think so. Scripture is full of stories of God's protection and provision. God is named over and over again as our refuge. To be a refuge is to offer safety, shelter, help, comfort, protection from danger or difficulty. So what's really on offer here? Because as far as I can tell, even with God, safety doesn't seem like it's always a sure thing. And on top of that, if we're being real, my experience has been, and I'm sure you'll have stories of your own, um, but my experience has been that God often invites me into places that feel terrifying, risky, unsafe even. To forgive and be reconciled to people who have caused me deep pain, scary. To bear witness to the difference Jesus makes in my life in front of friends who don't get faith and don't seem to want to. That's risky. To let go of the things that I used to seek refuge in. The distractions and dysfunctions which once gave relief from the harshness of the world. Also scary. Over and over again, God has invited me to let go of the things the world tells me will assure my safety, to not chase after money or the positions of power or control to feel safe. That's hard. (laughs) And to state the obvious, my experience has been comparatively sheltered compared to many Christians. What does it mean to be safe in God's hands for those who live in places where faith is a very real threat to their life and safety? So not only is the world unsafe, but following Jesus often compels us into risky situations. While following Jesus, it seems, or at least it feels like, we often make ourselves more vulnerable to the dangers of the world. So what is the Bible's answer? What safety does God promise? What can we hold on to in the face of fear? Well, in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, um, the book of Isaiah documents a beautiful prophetic promise from God to God's people, Israel. Israel, a nation who was small, oppressed, and comparatively powerless, at least by worldly standards, powerless against the great empires surrounding them. To Israel, a nation who had many very legitimate reasons to fear, this word is given from the Lord. and We're going to read from Isaiah 41, um, verse 8 to 13. The Lord says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Despite difficult circumstances, God had not abandoned his people. Here in this passage, God reassures Israel. In the previous verses, which we didn't read, the nations are warned with pictures of God's great power and unrivaled authority. The nations are silenced and their idols exposed as worthless. But to Israel, to his chosen people, his beloved, the reassurance is deeply relational, pastoral, this passage is just swimming in the unwavering care and attentiveness of God. Israel had many reasons to fear, but are instead invited to entrust themselves to the safe hands of God. Let's have a closer look at the passage and break it down a little. So from verse 8, it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you, descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant, I have chosen you and have not rejected you. The personal care of God is evident in every line. He calls them by name, he reminds them of their shared history. The faithfulness he had shown to them was evidence that he could be depended on, trusted in. Now that he has their attention, God continues, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I don't want to get um, nerdy here, but (laughs) I'm I'm going to have to because I'm studying Hebrew at Bible college and this is the first time I've been able to preach from the Old Testament. (laughs) Uh, The word for dismayed in Hebrew... Um, it means to gaze about or to glance this way and that back and forth as if not knowing where to look. Which I just think is amazing because it paints this picture of Israel that I can relate to. When you're confronted with a situation and the anxiety builds and you're off kilter, mindlessly looking in every direction, exposed and desperate for safety again, And in that moment for Israel, it's as if God reaches out, puts his hands on Israel's cheeks, so to speak, saying, Don't look around in every direction, searching hopelessly for something to protect you, someone to be relied upon. Look to me, look at me. I am your God, not I am the God. He leans in. I'm your God. I offer myself to you, I am personally committed to you, I am with you. Aren't we also always at risk of falling into this trap? Danger comes in, danger comes in some form or another and we look to the left and the right in every other possible direction, anxiety building in our chest and we say, God, where are you? we refuse to look straight ahead to the hands that hold our cheeks to the presence of God that is always before us to our God who is with us and committed to us and cares for us for me I know I look elsewhere for safety because when I'm in the grip of fear I start to think that maybe God is not with me and he doesn't care for me or he's not actually as committed to me as I first thought So how do we know or why should we believe this is true? A wise person asked me this week, how do you know you can trust the chair you are sitting on to hold you? And I paused and looked off in the distance trying to think of something impressive or profound to say. And she gave me a minute and then said, Hannah, you know the chair will hold you because you sit down on it. Then you'll know. If you risk a verse like me, maybe that is not a great comfort. But the truth is, we learn we can trust God by trusting. But don't be confused. These verses are not about what we can do to make ourselves safe or feel safe. The point being made is not about us at all. These verses are all about God. As we read through, we find that our safety has nothing to do with us. There is no, I will do this and you will do this and then you will feel safe. It's all I statements. I have chosen you. I have called you. I am with you. I am yours. I will strengthen you. I will help you. The promises build and build with these emphatic I statements and then God says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's symbolic. God's right hand is his means of acting in the world, the expression of his power and authority and his care. My uh, study Bible uses this phrase. God's righteous right hand is the hand that can be trusted to do the right thing in every circumstance. This is the place where our life is held. This is our safe place. The passage continues from verse 11, all who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced, those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish, though you search for your enemies you will not find them, those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all, whatever opposition, whatever obstacles, Israel Israel had no need to fear and neither do we, I don't think the point here is necessarily that God will destroy all our enemies. All evil will face judgment and come to nothing, yes, but whether it happens quickly or we wait for the restoration and renewal of all things, the point, I think, is that because God God is with us, we can take comfort in the fact that anything that comes against us is coming against God himself. who or what would we possibly need to be afraid of? Who can stand against God? What could ever separate us from his loving kindness and steadfast commitment to us? Nothing. And as if knowing that it might take a while for that truth to sink in, God repeats to close the section, I will help you. And if we kept reading, we would have noticed that the same phrase is used again in the very next verse. I think God wants us to know that he will help us. (laughs) Let me read the last part one more time. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. We'll pause unpacking the passage for a second and think about and let's think about our own lives. Because I don't want anyone to leave here tonight and go home and someone asks you what the sermon was about and you say, um, you know, Hannah spoke about how the world sucks and everything is completely out of our control. and um, But it, God is with us, so it's all good. I mean, that is kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> but I don't want it to evoke two thumbs up and a forced smile. This is profoundly good news and has the power to transform how we experience life. So let's ground this in our experience. When you think about your life, what does a safe place look like? For me, it's easy and perhaps a little generic. (laughs) My safe place is beautiful. I'm surrounded by people I love. There's nothing to cause stress or anger. No dangers. Perfect weather, obviously. Sunshine, ocean breezes, swimming, sunsets, laughter, music. The safe place in my imagination is a kaleidoscope of these feelings and images. But if I think about it, this is actually not... An abstract concept for me. By the grace of God, days like these have been my lived experience. That exercise, imagining my safe place, it evokes memories. Memories of um, summer holidays as a kid with my whole extended family. Shout out Freemans. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and or January spent at Tidal River participating in beach mission. Um, Last mission, in fact, was exactly like that, where for two weeks at the beginning of January, everything went according to plan. We were in this bubble of divine grace, honestly untouchable. We experienced incredible goodwill of the wider community towards us. Our team was healthy and safe. The weather was ridiculously perfect. um, And I witnessed sunsets that would make you weep at the mercy of God. It was unbelievable the doors that opened for us and the ease with which everything happened. There were no major incidents or injuries and we all went home that year marvelling at the kindness of God to us. But to be honest, when I look back at my 10 years of beach missions and reflect on God's protection and care for our team, the year that comes to mind is actually not that one. There's a memory from a previous year... Of me standing in gale force winds, gale force winds, with my arms locked around what 15 minutes earlier had been um, the roof of one of our giant marquees, which was now mangled and upside down and on a weird angle. And I'm standing there with my hard hat on trying to brace myself in case another 90 kilometer per hour wind sweeps through our campsite. I'm praying to God that it doesn't because I know even with 10 of us standing around the edge of this thing, um, we had no way to keep it down if the wind took control. I was genuinely afraid and actually think I was in shock. Um, I'm looking around our campsite, carnage everywhere, a million thoughts racing through my mind. How can we secure our marquees so that they don't go barreling into people or cars or campsites? Where is the rest of our team? Is everyone okay? Is everyone going to be traumatized after this? Will Parks Victoria ever let us come back here? What on earth am I going to write an in incident report? <laughs> and as a side note, the weather wreaking havoc on our campsite was the final straw in a long list of major issues that year. The m- emotional and physical toll was high, but in my mind, I will always associate that mission with God's care and protection. Because as the wind blew wildly, and I held on for dear life to that marquee, God reminded me that he was there too. Disaster had overtaken us, but I knew God had put boundaries on what he'd allowed to take place and protected us from what could have been much worse. And I knew that, what that whatever was about to happen next he would be there for that too. I stood there exposed and scared and sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that my life was safe in God's hands. This is the testimony of Christians through history and throughout the world, that God, the creator of heaven and earth, who holds the whole world in his hands, he is with us and he cares for us. And he acts according to his own righteousness, always, consistently. And sometimes it doesn't look like how we want it to look. Our team had prayer meetings all year asking for protection, for health and safety. And I really believe God answered that prayer, even though it didn't look anything like I thought it would. Maybe this is a bad sermon illustration because I don't think I can really even explain to you why this is true. All I know is that that conviction in that moment of God's presence with me in the midst of what felt like my world falling apart, that memory is more precious to me than every other memory from a thousand perfect days. Knowing the safety of God is not a stubborn delusion. It does not require us to believe God will remove all obstacles from our way so we can live in a state of perpetual bliss. We don't need our whole life to be a beachside summer holiday, although it's nice when it happens. Safety in God's hands is about being able to face all things, endure all things, hope in all things, conquer all things, because God is with you. Whether our walk with Jesus winds through safe places or dangerous ones, if we walk through literal or metaphorical fields of wildflowers and sleepy coastal towns, or dark alleyways and arid wastelands, beside streams of water, or through the valley of the shadow of death, wherever the path leads, wherever your path is right now, we can be sure that our lives are safe in the hands of God. He can be trusted completely to never leave us, never forsake us, to always help us and strengthen us. These are his promises to his people. We can hold on to this and we can hold on to him. I'd like to pray for us to close, but before I do, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to take a moment with me to reflect. You can close your eyes if you'd like to and bring to mind the spaces, the situation where you most need the reassurance of your life being safe in God's hands. Whatever it might be for you, school exams, tricky relationships, health issues, work stress, will you bring it to mind? Now picture God with you in the midst of it we said earlier that we learn to trust god to we learn to trust god to be our safe place by trusting god to be our safe place which is true but what is also true is that god has given us assurance he has proved his love for us by sending his son jesus as the fulfillment of every promise he made to israel and the ultimate example of his faithful, caring presence with us and unchanging commitment to the whole world. That means that these promises we've read tonight are an invitation to all who would believe. So as you bring before the Lord all the challenges you are facing, hear him say to you, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and up, and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's pray. Father God, you are our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Thank you, Lord. Help us in the face of fear to hold on to your promises, to remember that you are with us and committed to us and will strengthen us. Help us in all things to entrust ourselves to your safe hands and to know not just in our minds but in our hearts and from experience that your presence is better. Your presence is sweeter than life itself. Amen.